0: Alright everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Wednesday, December 16th. We're the gold standard. Fuck it, we're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. Well, we're at it again, Pat. And we got a packed show. Yeah, the last time we
1: were here was an emergency episode, but I mean, I kind of feel like every episode of the B.O. Boys is an emergency at this point.
0: Right now, we're in constant state of fight or flight. Yep. And you know what? Adrenaline is always pumping. We're going to
1: fight. We got to fight. We got to fight for the box office. We got some big stories. We got a big star out there with a leaked audio rant where he's fighting for the box office, fighting real hard for it. We'll talk about that later. A little tease tease. for you. We got big stories about AMC and their solvency issues. So we'll talk about that later. We got a big movie opening this weekend. We got a uh some follow up on the legendary hoodie and then the latest Hollywood uh personality who's getting involved in the Warner Brothers HBO Max kerfuffle. But Clayton, and, and, do we want to start wait, well, what? What else, what else
0: do we got? No, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's enough. But uh let's really quickly rip through this top 5. Let's do it. Number one, third week in a row, The Crude's A New Age, made $3 million, down yep. 31.1%, and it's at a $24.3 million cube. Now, this is wow. impressive. Yes. This film has made, in its third weekend, the same amount that most of these movies in the past couple months have opened at. Yes.
1: And yes, this 3 million dollar mark, this is where you were seeing uh you know never let him go and honest thief like those movies were barely above the 3 million dollar mark when they opened at
0: number 1. And the thing about this is that it's about the ad spend because mm-hmm. they spent out the wazoo for this movie. Yep. And the rollout was great. They took advantage of no other big movies being available they also have the strategy now where this movie is in theaters this friday it's coming to pvod love it and that's the perfect timing because it's going to be there before you have wonder woman 1984 on hbo max and soul on disney plus it's getting yep. ahead of those that's going to be the weekend before so you're going to get a buffo stremo money yep
1: yeah, it's going to be huge because people are going to be looking forward to watching Soul. They're going to be getting themselves amped up to watch some quality family content from home.
0: But Soul won't be there yet. The crews will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this will be the, um, the hors d'oeuvre for Soul's main course.
1: Yes, in terms of streaming. But in terms of just, I think... Which movie is going to have affected the culture and the business the most in 2020? I mean, Crude's New Age is not an hors d'oeuvre. Cr- oh. Crude's
0: New Age is a seven-course meal. It, And we'll get into this in our year in review. Yes, we will. But we'll I do feel like Universal has done the best in navigating this yeah. pandemic. Yeah. I mean, the, the Crude's rollout and The Croods'
1: performance is the model, I think, for the future of box office. The Croods' A New Age, and what a fitting subtitle. Could there have been a more on-the-nose perfect subtitle for a movie than A New Age? Because The Croods' sequel truly shows us what the new age of box office is going
0: to be. Yeah, it's it's so hard to to imagine that in, you know, December 2019, we'd be talking Mm -hmm. about a movie that has made 24 million dollars in three weeks as the a revolutionary film. Right. But it's just the way it is. It's how the world's changed, and Universal has adapted the best, I think. So we'll get more into that in our year in review. But I do think, you know, we got to give it to Croods, A New Age. Gotta. And this is the film that Tenant wanted to be. Yes, yes. Be- they
1: Nolan wanted it to be Tenant A New Age, and it was Tenant Wrong Age. You know, it was a it was the, a bad age. For Tenant, but it was a new age for Cruz.
0: That movie should have been called Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. Because it was the Mm -hmm. end of things as we knew it. Yes. Yes. So rebrand it. Yes.
1: Tenant was end of an era. Cruz comes out a few months later, begins the new age. So You know that that's that's a chapter. That's a chapter of an eventual. Uh, box office history book that we the BO
0: boys write. Or Tented we farm out to and... other people to write. Yes, of
1: course. Some of yeah, these I mean, cut and pasters are
0: gonna be out of a job. So mm-hmm. we'll get one of them, pay them pennies on the dollar. Right. Have right. them slap together this book, put our name on it, bing bang, right. boom. There we go. Yeah.
1: No I love that plan. Uh no one else take that plan. You know, just we set it so it's ours. But that, I mean, Crude's New Age and Tenant, there's a
0: chapter in your history book about box office. So number two, Mm -hmm. surprising number two, actually not surprising so much, though, when you look at these numbers and and where we're at, because Half Brothers staying at number two for two weeks in a row made $495,000, a drop of 29.3% it's made 1.3 million in the theaters so you know we're going from 3 million to half a million so that's not great box office but you know this is a comedy it stayed where it was it beat off yep. elf, elf because elf is at number 3 so it beat off elf which is good yeah you love it one half brothers beat off elf so that's really good that it stayed where it was Again, don't know the viability of, of this film going forward. I think it might be a good rental for people. But, you know, two weeks at number two ain't so bad. You know, they're not going to beat the Croods. The Half Brothers aren't going to beat the Croods. No, but
1: I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week. I'm high on this movie being a launching pad for the creatives involved. I think your your stars, Jason Shuman and Ed, Eduardo Cisneros, play the half brothers. I think this is the type of performance that gets them other things, gets them in your bigger ensemble comedies, maybe gets them other vehicles. You know, because this is a movie that's going to be at the top near the top of the box office for a few weeks. It'll probably, because of that notoriety, because of the fact that outlets like the B.O. Boys are talking about Half Brothers, it'll probably do pretty well on PVOD. And then I think it's it's a launching pad movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, it could be. That's You're on that tip. I, I'm dubious about it, but we'll see. Listen, we have yeah. a lot of running bets and a lot of pro- procrastination uh, prognostications. Fuck it, we're doing it live. Always live, and I and speaking of fucking doing it live, I uh misread the wrong
1: names as the stars. Those were producers of the movie. The stars are Luis Gerardo Mendez and Connor Del Rio. But I'm how do you think Connor those producers are going to pop off? I think this is big for the producers. I you know not. I don't want to downplay Jason Shuman and Eduardo Cisneros. Like this will be a big deal for them too because they another Universal Focus Features movie. They were able to get this movie out to the theaters and get some amount of people to know it existed, which is the best you could hope for right now is just the audience knowing that the movie exists and they could see it.
0: Yeah. Let's 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 go to number three. Let's do it. Elf. Mm Re-release. Four hundred thousand dollars made 1.4 million dollars in its re-release which was five weeks again you know good showing for our boy will ferrell who like we said before probably will not have another movie that makes it to these heights in the theaters no probably not and you know
1: looking ahead to next weekend there's a big new movie that is going to open at number one or two. You figure the Croods, then, are either one or two. So Elf doesn't really have a chance of moving up another spot. Like, even if it flip-flops and moves ahead of Half-Brothers next week, next weekend, Elf probably doesn't really have a shot at moving up to one or two. Yeah. Um. So this is probably as good as it's ever going to get for Will Ferrell being number three at the box office. I mean... I would say I hope he's out there somewhere celebrating. You know, he's he's gets to be near the top of the box office again. And it's not something that he's gotten in a while.
0: Nope. Unfortunately. So number four, freaky, mm-hmm. dropping down from number three this week. Three three hundred and fourteen thousand dollars, drop of thirty-three point seven percent. It's at 8.2 million uh it's this movie should have done better it should have
1: done much better i mean i know that the movie i'm going to mention is a marvel property but look at freaky in comparison to the new mutants you know another sort of i mean new mutants is freaky's a, a comedy horror new mutants is a, a straight up drama horror but New Mutants ate Freaky's lunch, and New Mutants was a movie with nothing but bad buzz behind it. Freaky supposedly had some good buzz. Yeah. And for Freaky to underperform New Mutants by this much, is that's kind of a blemish on the universal marketing machine
0: this fall. We, we need to, in our year in review, we need to talk a little bit about Anya Taylor-Joy because I'm starting to believe that one of the reasons why New Mutants did so well is because of her. Yes. Because, yes. not I to agree. talk about TV because it's an inferior medium, but mm-hmm. The Queen's Gambit has been just raking up the views on Netflix, mm-hmm. and that shit is so boring, you gotta believe that it has something to do with her star power. Yep. Yeah, she definitely, I mean, let's just
1: say it. If you had switched Anya Taylor-Joy and Katherine Newton, the star of Freaky, if this was Anya Taylor-Joy switching bodies with Vince Vaughn, Freaky is a 2020 of this era blockbuster.
0: Yeah, that's a huge hit. That's hands yeah. down a huge hit.
1: Yeah, yeah. So star power still counts this year. You get a star in the right part, they could power audiences to even come out in a pandemic. Because for a lot of people, star power
0: trumps health. It trumps safety. Stars are all that matter. And speaking of which, number five, Mm -hmm. we've got The War with Grandpa, $264,000, down only 16.2%. It is now at seventeen point nine. it's so it's so close. It could sniff that twenty. Now here's the deal with the war with Grandpa. Last week mm-hmm. I talked about how there's got to be something going on, and uh, the reason for this drop, and it's because this movie is now available for fourteen ninety nine on iTunes. Wow, to, that's to huge rent. intel. Okay. I believe it's 2 rents. Um but So that is a
1: that is a deal because 1999 has pretty much been established as your opening weekend two-day two rental price point on PVOD for these new movies. Well, here's so something. Warwick,
0: this is even better. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I want to d- uh, make sure that I'm correct. You can buy news. it for 14.99. Yeah. Wow. And then here's another thing. This is another movie that rolled out so elegantly in the pandemic. You can buy it now for $14.99. Great. But guess what? It. You can then rent it on December 22nd for probably, I'm assuming, a lower price point, right? The normal price point rental, which would be six ninety nine, dollars $5.99. Now, I'm not sure, but if right. I know the people at 101 studios and they've mm-hmm. been impeccable with their decisions from the start yep. with this movie the rental price should most likely be the 599 to 699 range wow that, i mean this is that is that's, smart as that's hell that is beautiful
1: yep yep it's giving people the opportunity to see everything exactly the way they want to see it if people wanted to see it in the theater, they had that window. If they wanted to buy it for 15 bucks, they have that window. If they want to rent it, then those people have that window. And it's not all the same time, huh? It's not this drop it in theaters, drop it on HBO Max, same day. You don't know what to do. Right is left, left is right. You don't know where to go, huh? The War with Grandpa gave people a, a, a progression, a logical
0: progression. Yeah, these the what what we're realizing now and what these companies need to realize is that people are willing to wait, but they're mm-hmm. not willing to wait as long as these companies want them to. And yes. I think that that is a major difference with a whole generation of, you know, having a high-speed computer in their pocket and having high-speed internet and having everything at their fingertips. I don't think that they're incapable of waiting. I do nope. think the window that we grew up with just can't sustain itself because the attention span isn't long enough. So you right. need to give the bing, bang, boom. That's why the 17-day window is huge. That's why the 101 studios saying, okay, we see War with Grandpa kind of, you know, moving down the charts. Let's let's make it available to buy for $14.99 and then next the next week rent. I think – or two weeks. I believe it will be two weeks by that point. But still, enough people will it's, buy it at fourteen ninety nine, and then the stragglers will rent it. Those are people that wouldn't have bought it or gone to the theater to see it anyway. So they're hitting all these people. Yep. It's so beautiful. I mean, hats off to 101 Studios. I don't think
1: I've ever seen any, uh, anyone or any entity or any nation – manage a war better than 101 Studios has managed this war with grandpa. You know, if if 101 Studios had been behind the helm in Vietnam or Iraq or any of these wars, things would have gone a lot differently, I'd say. Cuz oh.
0: I don't think there's anyone anyone who could handle a war like 101 Studios. If 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 they were in charge of the war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan, we would have been out of there by, geez, 2003.
1: Right. It would have been a similar release. It would have been a couple of weeks at one stage, a couple of weeks at another stage. You know, you end it with a rental stage and then you're gone. Mm-hmm. You know, not dragging this out over decades. 101 Studios knows a war has to be short, sweet, go in, get them out, give people what they want. At the right intervals. Yeah. So it was it was
0: an impeccably one war, this war with grandpa. So let's let's talk a little bit about because I'm sure we're talking about the war with grandpa in our year in review. Yes, definitely. definitely. So we don't so normally do that. we don't normally do this, but two notables underneath the top five, number six Polar Express, mm-hmm. which is our boy, not so secret scum, Zemeckis. Oh, Zemeckis is a known known scumbag. Yeah. Uh
1: In a good way. In a good way, we're not, you know, trying to give him any trouble. He's a, he's a artistic his art is scummy. His es- his aesthetic
0: is scummy. Yes. Yes. And scuzzy.
1: Yes, but as far as we know, he treats his employees and everyone around him well. It's he's he's just he is
0: walking scum, but he's you know well he's uh, a good, he's he, legally scum. He's scuzz. He's like scum. I think it's scuzz instead yes. of scum. I misspoke. It's yes. scuzz. Scuzz is it's not scuzz. scum. Right, and we'll get scum, into that at some point. Scum, scum does wrong. Scuzz feels wrong. Per, per, I could not say it more perfectly. Yeah. So. Made $2, uh, 245000 dollars, and it's so two weeks of release. It's now at half about half a mil, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Polar Express is, I think, a a Christmas classic for some people. And then number seven, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Chevy Chase yep. back in the top ten. Love to see it. Two thousand and three hundred. Wait, t- I, I'm fucking 200- up. Two hundred thirty-nine thousand. Yeah. Two hundred and thirty-nine thousand. It's been in theaters for three weeks. It's made six hundred and fourteen thousand dollars. So it's making some money. But these two movies are Warner Brothers movies. Yeah, so I Warner mean, Brothers is... throwing a little bit of chum in the water. You yeah, know?
1: I mean, Warner Brothers releasing National Lampoons Christmas Vacation is uh about as big of a presence as they plan on making at the box office. Wow.
0: Zing. 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 So that's interesting. Warner Brothers trying to do a good thing, throw a little bit of these classic films in there, give uh, the theater some content. I wouldn't be surprised if these theater owners are obscuring these posters, are Mm. pretending that these are not in theaters, even though they need the business, I think they want to bleed Warner Brothers dry. And and, or, and maybe, because Warner Brothers gets a little bit of dough from these releases, I think they're really kind of not promoting them.
1: Well, or I could see theater owners doing something passive-aggressive like, you know, grabbing a marker and scratching out Warner Brothers Presents on the poster for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. yeah.
0: You or know they imag- change Warner Brother presents they they black out the P and it says Warner Brothers resents and then writes theater owners yes yes I could see that definitely
1: happening right now that they're yeah Warner Brothers resents parentheses theater owners yeah yeah that that must be happening on posters for Christmas vacation for uh the Polar Express versus Warner Brothers. And one other thing in the top 10 we should mention from this weekend. Number nine was the opening weekend of a re-release of Wonder Woman. The first Wonder Woman. And it only made $189,000 in its first re-release opening weekend. That That is not
0: great. Yeah, That doesn't bode well for this sequel. Yeah, it, it... Feels like there may
1: be, this may be the movie now that that the theater owners sort of uh, did like you said and hid its release within their own theaters. You know, I think Christmas Vacation theater owners might not even realize it's Warner Brothers or, you know, they might not care. But then when they get that reel for Wonder Woman, knowing that Wonder Woman 1984 was where the real money was, and and Time Warner took that away from them. That's the kind of thing that's almost as... That's a slap in the face. Now that I... God, I, I'm about to get worked up here. It is a slap in the face for Warner Brothers to even send the first <laughs> Wonder Woman to these theaters, knowing that they have sabotaged them on all the money they could have made off of Wonder Woman 1984 that's- by putting it on HBO Max. That is that is spitting in the face, slapping in the face, kicking in the butt. That is what you're doing to these theaters when you send them, oh, here's a re-release of the old Wonder Woman. Oh.
0: That's like... It's disgusting. Sending somebody... If you're going to send someone a head, right? Uh-huh. It's like sending the nose first. Okay. And then later sending the head. Okay. Do you know what I okay. mean? Uh, yeah. I mean,
1: sending a head, but you would have wanted the whole head, ideally, in this yes. scenario. Someone wanted to receive a severed head,
0: and they only got the nose uh, first. Yeah. No, sorry. Listen, because I'm working through this. It's like yeah. you you're said you're going to send someone a head, and you only okay. send them the nose. Okay. And then half well, they, the head okay because warner cuz wonder woman the re-release is the nose and then since they're splitting the wonder woman 1984 with hbo max and theatrical you don't get the whole head right you get half the head i would have went
1: with this okay here's where i would have gone you told somebody say your your partner you were going to buy them a a, a new dress or a new suit you know whatever whatever they wear and as a gift and then you get there and you hand them some used clothes that you got at a Salvation Army and they were expecting something new and instead you're giving them something with holes in it yeah that works I feel like that I mean I love the head thing I think there's just uh, I'm struggling with scenarios in which a person was excited to receive a full head. Like, if I guess it's like if you're a science lab, you were excited to receive a severed head, and you're upset when you only get the nose. Like, I think that works. But okay. you've got to be a science lab of some sort. Sure. But, but basically, yes, Warner Brothers is sending a nose. They're sending old, you know... uh, whole ridden clothes from a Salvation Army. That's what they're doing by sending these theaters Wonder Woman. And I bet there is some of what your theory. I think that part of why Wonder Woman re-release underperformed this weekend is these theaters probably didn't put it on the marquee, didn't bother putting the poster up. You know, someone goes to buy a ticket at the front desk, and they're like, I don't know. I don't think we have any more for Wonder Woman. You want to you go see uh, something else? You want to go see Croods? You want to go see Crudes. Because yeah?
0: I think that's the thing with... If they promoted this re-release, it seems thirsty. It seems desperate. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see. And we'll talk about this when we get closer to our Christmas release episode. Is it better for theatrical if Wonder Woman 1984 bombs as a Mm. hybrid release or is it better in the long run for it to succeed wildly? That's the thing the theaters I think are struggling with is do we want the money in the short run? Right. When it – when if that movie does really well with the dual release, that will then say to – other studios oh we can do this till the cows come home we don't need to make theatrical the place where these things start and that i think will at the end of the day maybe hurt their business so it's this weird thing like they don't know what to hope for on christmas they're not sure what they want do they want success or failure
1: well i think my answer to that question leads us perfectly into then what i think should be our next story okay that we should cover or the the first uh story that we should cover i think that to answer that question these theaters want everything to be a hit immediately they're gonna wish it ain't gonna happen but they're gonna wish that wonder woman 1984 blows the doors off of the the theaters on christmas day when it comes out because these theaters need cash they want money yesterday. They cannot wait anymore. And that's very clear. There's a story in deadline this week about AMC and the financial trouble that they are in right now. Uh their stock plummeted again this past week. Plummeted 18% this past Monday. Then another 10% on Tuesday. And The reports are they need cash to survive. AMC said last Friday it needs an infusion of $750 million to make it through 2021. So, yeah, these theaters need money right quick. They cannot wait. They can't hope something bombs out of principle or out of hope that it helps them in the
0: future. And they have they need that money. They have $400 million of rent obligations Jesus. that have been deferred to 2021. Imagine owing $400 million in rent that you know is hanging over your head and you have to pay it. It's not, you know, much like our Patreon, mm-hmm. it's deferred. Right. The money you owe us for our Patreon is, is deferred. Yes. Not it is not white. wiped clean. So yes. that should be ha- hanging over everybody, all the listeners' heads. Yes. Yes. Not to be Bahamut, but. Bah- as much humbug, money... but. Mm-hmm. We'll collect as much in 2021 money... or 2022 or 2023. We will come to you and tell yep. you when. Yeah. But it's coming. But the thing is, as much money
1: as the wannabe o boys, wannabe old girls, wannabe o people People. as much as they have hanging over their head for how much they owe on back patreon payments it's still not 450 million dollars i mean this is a or 400 million dollars that is an incredible amount that amc owes in rent and i don't know it's starting to look like what is the scenario in which these companies, in which, you know, sticking just with AMC, in which AMC could get through this? Because 2021, and we'll have a year look ahead in early January, but 2021 is not going to be a complete return to form at the box office. But By no means. Absolutely not. So how does AMC
0: get through this? Well, it's there's rumors of Cinemark um, coming in and helping them out, so they might have they might end up with equity in AMC, which would be very interesting. Now, there's there's varying reports as to whether this is actually going to happen, or it's being talked about, or it's not being talked about at all. But that's a possibility. Is like you might see Cinemark buying up a good amount of AMC, so then you're just going to have two big theater chains at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to buy all of AMC, but it's going to be one of those things where there's going to be some consolidation that possibly happens here.
1: Yeah. Well, Cinemark though, doesn't own Regal. Regal is still a different chain, but that's what I mean. You'll have Regal and then you'll have Cinemark. Yes. Yes. You'll only have two instead of also have an AMC. Got yeah. You. Um, yeah, I mean, that's likely. I mean, the deadline article is also stating that venture capitalist firms are circling, which is never a good thing for any company. Because I think that if it, unless a movie studio or different movie studios or something like Regal or Cinema, Mark are the ones who buy out AMC, I think if that doesn't happen and instead you have just some shady wall street or silicon valley money by amc then i think amc is gutted and done and sold for parts
0: yeah am it's so sad to say but i think our amc a-list uh subscriptions are going to be worthless yes in 2021
1: yes yes and I think there is a chance they may never get turned on again. There was, remember, there was that that brief moment where they ac- AMC accidentally sent out an email over the summer saying that the AMC A list is about to be turned on because they thought all the theaters were coming back, and then that didn't happen. Yeah, it was. And I think to- that's as close as we'll ever come to seeing our AMC A list ever turned on again. It's just going to be this like tombstone app that sits on our phones for the rest of our lives like movie pass like well you know i got rid of movie pass a while ago off my phone but i won't get rid of amca list that that's something i think i'll keep to the
0: grave You, you put it in your app grave graveyard which i have on my phone as well i think most people have an app graveyard section where they just put the old apps that they love that passed away too soon
1: Oh, I love that. Oh, I'll definitely do that to AMC so I could come visit it once in a while. Just see the posters of the movies that were coming out the last time the A-list was functional. Yeah. You know, go there and open it up and just visit and see, you know, uh, showing this week Emma and Invisible Man. You know, uh, I'll get to see that in like 2040 when I'm, a uh, you know, an elderly
0: gentleman. My, my graveyard has the Leonard Maltin app. Okay. Rest in peace. Great app. Uh, the Jeremy Renner app, which okay. died before its time. And MoviePass, of course. And, you know, AMC might be joining it. It's it's really yeah. sad to have to see that maybe added to my graveyard. But
1: Yeah, I mean, is there money in it for whatever venture capitalist buys and guts AMC? If they charge a monthly fee to still have access to your AMC app for your graveyard section rather than them uh, pulling it from the phones, which I'm sure that, you know, the app owners and developers could just like have it have it pulled out of existence. Mm -hmm. But if you pay a dollar a month for the rest of your life, at least the AMC app could still remain on your phone in your graveyard. Yeah, it's a dollar a
0: month. I won't miss it.
1: Mhm. Yeah, it could be a revenue stream for whatever venture capitalist buys AMC and, you know, turns all their theaters into I don't know, tech company uh lounge areas.
0: Yeah. You would only need to make them function enough so that they they would look and be similar to the ones that you used before, but they don't have any real functionality. So the back end there where it would have to connect to anything wouldn't have to exist, I don't think.
1: Right, right. Maybe you're pumping in some new movie uh, posters into the app. No, it's dead. Them- no, that's it's that- dead. You want it to be dead. So, I want okay, it to so be it dead. On, it needs to be you dead. You want it to stay on Emma and Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. Yes, forever. Okay, I like that. I mean, I th- I think that's something that when we're, you know, on our deathbeds, it'll be nice to be able to reach over, pick up our phone, go to the Graveyard app, go to the AMC app, see the posters for Sonic the Hedgehog on there and just be able to say see you soon. Mhm. Well, I'm joining you soon in the in the Graveyard AMC app. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. It is a it is a to me it's getting me not excited, but more at peace with the passing of time and the eventual demise of our physical bodies, knowing that the AMC A list app would be there with us at the end.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It's comforting. Yes. And I think there's money in that for these investors who may end up owning the AMC IP is take advantage of that, that pay us this fee, stay on the monthly fee for the AMC A-List app, and it'll be there with you to the end.
0: Well, speaking about dead Mm -hmm. and dead horses. Oh, boy. Can we He's talk about who's again. who's neighing now? Yeah, who's neighing? Christopher Nolan taking the mic back from uh from Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet who made an elegant gesture wearing the legendary hoodie on SNL. Now, if you don't know about this, shame on you. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two. Listen to our uh, our episode that we released this weekend, Sunday. Our emergency app will run down everything that happened, but to yep. to just. What we know now, everything we know now, is that Timothy Chalamet wore a legendary hoodie at the good nights of SNL on live national television. So live national television. That can't be stressed can't enough. That enough. And Legendary is the production company behind Dune, a film that Timothy Chalamet is the star of and one of the casualties of the Warner Brothers sending... All their 2021 slate to HBO Max day and date of their theatrical releases. Okay. Mm -hmm. Chalamet did a revolutionary act, stood there with a legendary hoodie, and Nolan couldn't stand this. He thought, I don't like silence. I need to hear my voice at all times. Mm -hmm. So he talked to Washington Post and didn't say anything new. He just reiterated the same kind of stuff. He's saying before, now these are some quotes, and he's talking about Warner Media here. Do they own it absolutely because they paid for it or they financed it? Now he's talking about films in general. Mm -hmm. And that is not a purely legalistic question. It's a question of ethics as well. It's a question of Of partnership and collaboration. They did not speak to those filmmakers. They did not consult them about their plans for their work. And I felt that somebody needed to point out that that wasn't the right way to treat those filmmakers. Okay, yes, we know that you are the mouthpiece for all filmmakers. Christopher Nolan, thank you for being the 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 uh, film filmmakers union president. I guess is that what you are? Martin Scorsese needs Christopher Nolan
1: to speak for him. Yeah, he
0: needs the Batman guy. To talk for him. Yeah, so so he's he's uh what's the guy? What's the union leader that got killed uh by the Irishman?
1: Hoffa. Hoffa. Yeah.
0: Hoffa. So he's Hoffa now. So Nolan yeah. is fucking Hoffa. Yeah.
1: See how that well that worked out for him. Yeah. I mean, and listen, nothing against union, of course, pro union, all that, but oh, Nolan is Pro Union, yes. Not, thank you. Is not the guy who should be out there as the mouthpiece because he just says the same thing over and over again. And also, he, in that statement you just read, Christopher Nolan made it so clear what this is all about for him. This isn't about, as we'll talk about with someone else in our next story, this isn't about protecting livelihoods. This isn't about keeping the lights on for people. This is about ego. Because Christopher Nolan's big gripe is, they didn't consult us. They didn't tell us. They didn't. Basically, they didn't massage our egos. And here's the thing: there's a point we're to that. We're both on the. We're both on the side of the filmmakers here. We're not for this Time Warner Warner Media dumping all the movies out of nowhere on HBO Max instead of theaters. We're we're on Nolan's side, but Nolan is just such a a annoying gnat of a presence at this point that I talk about what he said and it somehow makes me feel like I'm arguing for the the media conglomerate. I know. That's what's How insane How does he do about. that? And it is, such, it is such a clear difference between the way Nolan goes about things and the way Chalamet went about things wearing the legendary hoodie. Because when Chalamet wore the legendary hoodie, again, we were watching it live. And we were getting so worked up, so fired up, so excited to defend the filmmakers, the companies like Legendary against Warner Media because Chalamet, he didn't make a stink. He wasn't regurgitating all over himself, he was just standing there proudly wearing the Legendary hoodie. Christopher Nolan, he goes out there and he makes you feel like, I, you know what, I want to side with the cell phone company.
0: i know media so here's here's my beef with nolan is that he continuously has shown disdain for the consumer of his films Mm -hmm. for their safety for their ability to see his films the way he quote unquote intends them to be seen so done let's let, let's remember, okay, go. you're going through it, all of them. Do it. Go. Well, for well it. I'm just mentioning Dunkirk in the sense that his big thing was it needs to be seen in this certain millimeter, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't see it that way, you're not seeing it right, okay? And right. that was when people weren't locked down. They weren't worried for their life. They didn't have to wear masks everywhere. They didn't have to worry about when their next paycheck was. Some people, but not the bulk of people, which is what we're dealing with now. So we could put up with that kind of thing and... I wanted to see Dunkirk the way Nolan intended because I'm a film lover. I felt like I want to see the way the artist intends it. Mm -hmm. That was a whole issue where most theaters couldn't show it that way because they couldn't afford it. And they they just couldn't afford the expense, right? So you're feeling like I saw Dunkirk, but I didn't see it the right way. So you're feeling ashamed as a consumer, which Mm -hmm. I like to be shamed by people. I like to be shamed by companies, but... Most people don't like to be shamed by companies, and they shouldn't be shamed by companies. Right. So then this whole tenant debacle happens. He's forcing it out when, it, when you, we know it's not going to do well. We were hopeful, but we were only hopeful because you have to live on hope. You can't live in your fears. You got to live in your hope, right? Mm-hmm. So then we're like, oh, maybe we can see it at a drive-in. Oh, no, no, no. You can't see it at a drive-in in a place where you can't see it in theaters like the New York City area and, and because he doesn't want people to see it that way he needs people to see it in a dangerous enclosed space.
1: Oh, that so, was the one that really broke us when Ten when Nolan
0: wouldn't let them show Ten in drive-ins. That was abhorrent. Cuz neither of us have cars, neither of no. us have access to cars, but guess no. who would have gone and driven found a way got an Uber who wanted to watch a movie with us, an Uber yep. driver who who wanted to watch a movie with us, we would have gone to see Tenet in a drive-in. 100%. Hands 100%. down. 100%. But he took that from us. He's making the consumer not even part of the equation. And he's got to realize he is in a consumer-based media like you need people to consume and pay for your movies in order for you to do what you do now we as a audience have given him such a ability to make the kind of movies he wants to make because we've said we dig what you're putting down my man right but right. when he shows outright disdain for us and then that's the thing we are on his side we're on his we're side on his side but when he says all this shit about hbo max i'm thinking Oh, it's another way that Nolan's saying, you can't have these films. You have to bend over backwards. You have to risk, theoretically, risk your health to see these films. That's what he's right. saying. That's what I hear when he speaks. And I shouldn't right. hear that. I should hear right. somebody who's looking out for my health. Right,
1: right. And, and it it just, it goes back to this guy needs to go away because I think he's doing his his cause, his side, you know, arguing for the filmmakers, arguing for theatrical, he's doing them a disservice right now by continuing to go out there, by continuing to regurgitate, by continuing to be so off-putting that, again, he's he's making people feel like they should side with the cell phone company that owns Time Warner. And that is, that is a bad place to be right now if you're nolan and you are just so grating that people are starting to feel like you know what the cell phone company did the right thing by the artists
0: (laughs) yeah it's 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 nuts yeah i mean we're not we're gonna hear more from him there's no way he's gonna stop talking because he's out on the promotional tour for tenant a movie that just now came to pvod can you believe that? Croods is going to PVOD this Friday, and yep. Tenant is still a movie you can only see either in very few theaters or paying twenty bucks to rent. It's absurd. It's, it's absurd. Absurd. That window, it needed to be smashed, and it yes. got smashed. And he can't deal with it. And Tenant is old news now. Yes. It is old yeah. bad news. It is old sad news. That that's that's the the the
1: big problem right now about trying to sell this on PVOD. It has such a stench. It has
0: the Kristen Stewart Charlie's Angels stench on it. No, we need Where to that, let's 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 retire. Talk about graveyard. We need to retire that Kristen Stewart Charlie's Angels um bad box office. I think Tenet needs to take that place. Where it smells like a loser, so people want to stay away from the stink. Yes, no more. Kristen Stewart had a really fun uh, rom com that came out over Christmas. I mean, over Thanksgiving. Happy season. Check it out. It's great. We she's off. She she's 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 got off. We, we we're letting her, her off. She's so off you're the saying,
1: hook. So you're saying that our new standard for stink when a movie bombs so hard. The stink scares off potential uh, customers. It's no longer Charlie's Angels 2019. It's tenant 2020.
0: It's tenant 2020. We got to use tenant until we got to. We've got to teach Nolan a lesson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we talk about stench, when we talk about stank, mm-hmm. when the bo boys talk about a stanky, stenchy, stinky movie it is tenant mm hmm the stink the stank that only a box office a bomb can have
1: yes the smoke from that bomb is is not just bomb smoke it is also stink lines
0: yes yeah eye wateringly bad Mm -hmm. mm hmm like mustard gas yeah
1: no I think I think that's fair and you know, the big takeaway here from Nolan talking again is, Christopher Nolan, we call you our dead horse because a dead horse is dead and doesn't make a sound. You refuse at this point to just be the dead horse. You're a dead horse who just keeps coming back to life, running around. You know, uh, uh, eating crops, knocking over fences, whatever. You know, the last gasp of this dead horse. But he's not alive. Just, he
0: do, he just doesn't know he's dead. That's the thing with a dead horse. It doesn't, you know, like, he's yes. not coming back alive. He doesn't no. know he's dead.
1: Yeah. He's a zombie horse at this point.
0: He's Bruce Willis in, in Sixth
1: Sense. Yep. Yep. 100%. So, I mean, that's Nolan for this week. I'm sure we're going to hear more of him these next couple of weeks, but dude, take a lesson from Timothy Chalamet with the with the legendary hoodie. That's how you handle this. That's how you make a statement.
0: Well, but if you want to make a true statement, if you mm. want to speak words and have them impact people with their power, why don't you take a little, uh, you know, like uh, what what would it be like, um. Q Q or lesson from Tom Cruise. Well, let's get into
1: this story. So this is a big bombshell that just dropped late Tuesday night, just last night, is there was leaked audio from the set of the new Mission Impossible movie, Mission Impossible 7, in which Mission Impossible 7 they're filming in uh in uh Great Britain and they're on set and obviously any productions that are on set now, they're trying to make them as safe as they possibly can following uh, COVID protocols. So you're talking masking uh, when actors aren't on camera, everyone's in masks, everyone r- maintaining strict social distancing rules, staying six feet apart. I'm sure they got windows open, you know, fans blowing, all this kind of stuff, whatever. So obviously nothing's 100% safe, but anything that's running production now is trying to be as safe as they can. And apparently Tom Cruise on set had been seeing multiple people on the production not following the protocols. We're not sure exactly what was going on. Maybe some people weren't wearing masks, some people were gathering way too closely, and he lost it and I wouldn't say lost it because he had a point in what he was yelling about. He basically yelled about how they need to follow these protocols because people's jobs are on the line. People were using this money from these new productions to pay their rent, pay their kids tuition. And he did not want this to be shut down because people didn't follow the protocols and people either got sick Or, you know, the production got shut down. So, basically, Tom Cruise went on a rant. But it was a rant with a point. And the point was, unlike with Christopher Nolan, when he tells you you can't see a movie in a drive-in, Tom Cruise was yelling about, be safe. Everyone, be safer than you're being. Which, I could get behind yelling about
0: that. Absolutely. Number one, the person who recorded this... On their iPhone Mm -hmm. should be arrested, number one. Well, fired, number one. Yeah, I think arrested is a lot.
1: What? I think arrested is a lot.
0: No, fired first, then arrested. Okay. Okay.
1: Okay, so you still aren't arrested. Okay. I think that the big takeaway here is that Tom Cruise is out there on the front lines fighting for the future of box office. He obviously wants his crew to be safe, you know, and maybe he realizes not everyone takes it as seriously as they should. They're not listening to the scientists. And of course, Tom Cruise is famous for listening to scientists. I think Tom Cruise sees that he wants his people to be safe and he wants box office to be insured for the future. And the only way that's going to happen is if you could make big new movies like The New Mission Impossible get them out to theaters, promote them, jump out of planes, go on Oprah, whatever he's going to have to do to promote these in a safe way. But you've got to make the movies first, and he knows that. And, and, and that rant, what, and we keep calling it a rant, that um, speech. Uh, speech, that speech was about saving box office. Yes, saving the future of theatrical. Yeah, yeah. And I think it shows that, we're looking at three different ways to do this. There's, of course, Timothy Chalamet wearing the legendary hoodie on national TV. That is a quiet, proud statement that spoke volumes. Mm-hmm. Then you could have Tom Cruise, who was not quiet in any means in his speech. He was loud. He was fiery. To point. He was fiery. But he was on point. His message was put on a mask. Stay seven feet apart. Let's get this done. He was clear. And I think when you're talking about the dead horse, Nolan, he falls into neither of those because everything he's been doing has been scattershot and whiny. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't work. You either have to be quiet and proud and speak volumes in that way, or you've got to be fiery and to the point like Tom Cruise was. Oh, and you can't be a little. You can't be a whiner like Nolan, who makes people resent you because of how annoying you
0: sound, and, and that the thing doesn't work. Two is like Tom couldn't get this message across with a hoodie. If right. he walked around wearing a hoodie that said "Follow the protocols," we're the gold standard. I'm on the phone with producers every fucking night people don't what what they don't have time to read that hoodie it's too wordy it's not effective he could not have mm. gotten this across with a hoodie uh, no so, way that's such a great point so he did what he needed to do this was not a hoodie situation now I think now that it's cemented if he made hoodies that said we are the gold standard mm-hmm. and passed those out and his crew wore them in solidarity, as they sent the phone recorder off to prison.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, again, I don't think prison, but sure. I feel like that would speak volumes now because the message is backed by those fiery words, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. getting no hoodie out of what Nolan's saying. Exactly. Because Nolan's hoodie would say, me, 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 me. Yup. They didn't tell me,
1: they didn't call me, Christopher Nolan. His hoodie, Nolan's hoodie would say, You can't see tenant in drive-ins. And that is not a statement that sells hoodies that people want to wear proudly on a hoodie.
0: No. So I mean, I think that that just shows you what what the effective the the effectiveness of these different kinds of communications. Yep.
1: Yep. You could take Tom Cruise's message and put it on a hoodie. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet's message obviously was a hoodie. It was born from a hoodie.
0: It was born as a hoodie. It'll die as a hoodie. Yep. So I I think that is a a big
1: thing to think about going forward as different people are uh, fighting for the future of box office is what I'm doing now, what I'm saying now, can this be placed on a hoodie or be hoodie adjacent. And if the answer is no, then maybe you are fighting for, Oh, geez. if the answer is no, oh. then maybe you are fighting for box office in the wrong way.
0: You yeah, all right over there? Talk about a raw feed. So I got disconnected. Please. I'm so sorry. My phone, I got so excited, I knocked the phone off.
1: I thought it was something was going on. All right, so you could just pick it up from there. Oh, no, fuck did it. It's a raw feed. No, we can't leave all this in. What do you mean? What's a raw feed? Did, what did you say? I said, I, I forget at this point.
0: Did you say something bad? Did I say something bad? Did you say something no. that is we would get sued for? No. Then it's staying in. We can't we can't have all this silence. It's a raw, it's it's a raw feed. Right. Are you going to say something? Yeah, I finished speaking. You finished speaking. Okay, cool. So, but I I lost the connection. So, what did you say?
1: Um, I forget at
0: this point something about a hoodie. <laughs> Probably something about a hoodie. Okay. So Tom Cruise, great man. I can cut all that out. I'll cut it all out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's cut out from when you drop the phone. Okay. Great. So, is that it? Um, Yeah, I think we're good on the Tom Cruise thing. Okay. Do we have anything else to talk about? Well, we've got to talk about Monster Hunter. we're good. Oh, that's right. Okay, so why don't you lead into that? Are you
0: all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's, uh, do Monster Hunter. Okay. So, before we go, Pat, we do have a movie coming out this weekend. The Mila Jovovich star Monster Hunter which comes out this Friday, the 18th. This is a film that came out in foreign markets, feels like a million years ago, and did okay, had some controversy. We won't get into it because it is not domestic box office, which is what we're worried about. We're worried about mm. how this is going to do domestically. So I can't really find any tracking for this film. Other than a very old one from Box Office Pro that came out in November where it was saying two to five million opening weekend. And this was when it was supposed to open on Christmas. It actually got moved up to the 18th to avoid, you know, Wonder uh, Woman, Woman, News of the World, uh, and things like that. So... For this film, I don't see it reaching the heights of The Crudes. No, I mean so
1: so far I'm looking it's made 7.7 million internationally, which I think it only has been out for uh, December 4th is when it started internationally. So in basically two weekends it's made 7 million worldwide. Yeah, domestically It is, it is hard to tell with this movie because, so it stars Mila Jovovich. It's directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. They're a team, are they a romantic team? I forget, but they are a, a, a movie team that has made a lot of these Resident Evil movies that Mila Jovovich stars in. They make a lot of these horror action video game movies And they definitely have a devoted fan base because these movies aren't blockbusters, but they are consistent. Mm -hmm. You know, they are movies that will make what they're going to make. I'm looking at the last Resident Evil movie in 2017, and it made $26.8 million. Domestic, it made 314 worldwide. That's insane. So these are international plays.
0: Yeah, and they are married, by the way. They are romantic partners as well. That's great, because they
1: could probably start working on their next movie right away, because you figure they're in a COVID pod together, that they're married. So they could just start filming, you know, uh, on a green screen in their garage. Yeah. But you look at their Resident Evil movies. And, you know, they're much bigger internationally. But there is that $25 to $50 million domestic that they seem to fall into that window. And the question is, the people who always go and see these Mila Jovovich video game adaptation movies, are those the kind of people that in a pandemic, are going to come out in a higher percentage than other moviegoers. You know, like, are they so devoted that the pandemic conditions will not deter them the same way it will deter, say, Tom Hanks fans from seeing a Tom Hanks movie in theaters right now?
0: So, basically, you're asking, are they psychos? Yes. They are psychos, yes. They are psychos, but are they psychos in the sense that they'll come out i don't think so okay i don't think that we're going to see this movie make more than 3 million in its opening so you don't think there's a chance that
1: the resident evil jovovich you know fans are such extreme psychos that that they will come out and this is a movie that could make eight, nine million dollars opening weekend. No way.
0: Nowhere. No way. There's no way this no makes way. eight, nine. No, there's no way this makes eight or nine. I, I think it's. I think we're back to the number that we're used to, which is three to four. And I would say okay. more on the, I'd say maybe 3.5 million this movie makes. I mean, that's
1: pretty good for what we've been seeing for the non crudes movies the last few months. I mean, it's a test. This is a true, this is a true test, I would say, of of the audience. You know, we're really going to find out a lot about these video game adaptation movie fans, and about Mila Jovovich's star power. Because you know, we talked a little bit about this off mic. We try and save everything for the podcast, but you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. But I was saying. Mila Jovovich is a movie star. You know, yeah, in, in the sense that she's a star who people will specifically see movies because of her, and therefore movies get greenlit
0: because of her. But she's narrow. She's a narrow focus movie mm-hmm. star in the sense that someone like Jerry Butler, as Jerry Butler, can open right. action films in the theaters where a lot of action stars can't they have to do the pvod situation or the vod situation he Mm -hmm. is very much a star if it's an action vehicle Mm -hmm. and she's the same way if she's in some sort of video game adaptation sci-fi situation she is a star but you're not going to see her in a romantic comedy do jack shit right but she never does those anymore anyway she knows her lane same as jerry and yeah she is a star in that sense definitely yeah so i mean
1: it'll be interesting
0: to see what monster hunter
1: does next weekend i mean it's a real hook for next week's show because i kind of agree with you i i think it'll fall more in that three million dollar range like you know, let them go and come play and, and Honest Thief and all those movies open at but there is still that chance that we're underestimating just how whacked out this video game adaptation Jovovich audience is mm-hmm. and this movie opens to something like $7 million because they don't care if Jovovich is in a movie they've got to see it on the big screen
0: yeah, it, it will be interesting, but so what is your th- thing? So, like, let's use five mil. Okay. As the over-under? As the over I, mean, I I will go
1: over because for both of us to both pick the same way is not intriguing. Yeah. But I assume you're picking under, so I will pick... I will bet on the side of these... Jovovich fans are uh, are lunatics. And I don't say that in a derogatory way. I say that in a way of they really love the movies that they love. Well, fan comes from the term fanatic. Yes. So they are. That's it. They are not just fans. These are fanatics. But they're also psychos. Yes, of course. But I think the Jovovich fanatics are going to come out in a big way. Monster Hunter clears five million dollars opening weekend.
0: Wow, so that's obviously your number
1: one. That's my number one. And then I think Cruise New Age, and then, you know, you go from there.
0: Well, see, Elf I think, and- looking at this top five, I think we go Monster Hunter number one, Crudes number two, and then I think Elf actually beats off the Half Brothers.
1: Elf beats off the Half Brothers this week. Yeah, yeah this I week, I think-
0: it's uh, yeah. like the, you know, the Worm is Turned the gloves on the other hand and Elf is beating off the half brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I think so.
1: I think the half brothers, they've been, they've been up for two weeks now and it's time for Elf to beat them off. You know, the closer you get to Christmas coming, then Elf has to beat off the half brothers.
0: I think Elf is beating a lot of, of, of movies off. Mm hmm. But I think yeah. this is, you know, it's like Half Brothers had its time. It's a two-hander. That's great. It's great to see a two-hander, but Elf is, is beating them off. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: I think so. I don't think Comeplay gets involved in this when Elf beats off the the two-hander that is the Half Brothers. Um, I think Comeplay isn't on the table. That probably would be further down the top ten. Um, what about you? Freaky? Never know. Yeah, I mean, freaky's going to be in the mix, so things could definitely get freaky if Come Play gets involved when Elf beats off the two-hander that is the Half Brothers.
0: Yeah, so, I, so. It, it's going to be interesting, but I I think that that's what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Monster Hunter and Crude's New Age will be sitting above all of that.
0: Well, you you think you think I my mean, crude's of course don't get involved.
1: No, no, no. I mean, it's a new age and all, but I don't think the crude's are going to get anywhere near elf beaten off half brothers yeah. while things get freaky underneath. Yeah. yeah. I don't
0: see that. Yeah, you, you wouldn't see that happening. Okay, so great. Well, Pat, I think we did it. Where where can they find us?
1: Email us at the BeoboysPodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think Monster Hunter is going to do this weekend. Are the Jovovich fanatics going to push this above 5 million? Am I going to be right? Or is Clayton going to be right? And the fanatics are not quite as deranged as I'm giving them credit for. Let us know. The Podcast at Gmail com also let us know if you think this is the week where elf beats off half-brothers in the top 10
0: mm-hmm. now patreon of course we're not doing patreon we did mention earlier though that 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 money is still owed so I haven't right. mentioned it in a while but you know it's one of those things that money is still going to be owed we'll come a calling we'll come a knocking at some point but for now why don't you go over to Jake Fogoness' Patreon page. And, I mean, I don't know why I'm talking about this, because, Pat, you spend a lot of time over there. Yeah, I mean, it's the holiday
1: season, and I'm always looking for a great community to spend the holidays with. And for me, that community has been the Jake Fogoness' Patreon page. You know, there's just a lot of cool stuff happening over there right now a lot of really fun content being dropped all the time i mean some of that content includes squirt tv full episodes squirt tv clips you know so you get the full episodes but then you could also watch select clips of squirt tv that that you're really really excited about and you get the anecdotes Of what happened on the production of these Squirt TV episodes and clips. From Jake Fogleness himself. He'll tell you about how he got all these 90s stars up into his childhood bedroom. Such as The State. He'll let you know how that happened. How it went. Fun anecdotes about the filming of these Squirt TV episodes. And you get all that content. You get all that cool stuff. And you get to share it with other like-minded people who are in the holiday spirit. That's what I love about the Jake Vogelnuss Patreon is that everyone right now is in the holiday spirit. No matter what holiday you're celebrating, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, whichever is your personal holiday, it's being celebrated in this community and it's being celebrated in a safe way. You know, because you go out into the world right now and it's real dangerous. And especially around the holidays, it gets it gets bad. You know, people are breaking COVID protocols. People are getting tipsy. They're fighting with each other, getting behind the wheel when they shouldn't. And none of that happens if you celebrate the holidays in the Jake Foglin Patreon. No one is breaking COVID protocols. No one's getting behind the wheel after a couple of drinks in their hands. They are just... Being safe, They're watching Squirt TV clips in a socially distant manner, which I love, and they're watching out for each other. That's what we're doing there is we're looking out for each other when we visit the Jake Fogel and S. Patreon, and it, it, it just—it makes me feel at peace.
0: Now, we— you know, we spent Thanksgiving together. We're both in separate pods, but we're in pods that we don't mix with the general public, so we are safe. No. We are spending Christmas together, mm-hmm. and you know, you're saying you've been telling me I'm spending Christmas at Jake, on Jake Folkman, as Patreon. So my question is, will I see you? Like, will I see you Christmas Eve, Christmas Day? if you're spending it with Jake Fogelnest's Patreon, is my question. Like, why physically see you, probably? I mean, I have been
1: on this show um, letting people know about this Jake Fogelnest Patreon for weeks now, maybe months. Months. It's it's, it's a blur. It's, it's been is months. months. Okay, great. I mean, it's been the some of the best months of my life. And part of that has been... Letting you know where I'm going to be and where I think you should be. Because on those days, you know, Christmas Day, New Year's, Hanukkah, all New these Year's. holidays that we celebrate. I think that the best way for us to interact is going to be on the Jake Fulgham S. Patreon. You know, I think that is right now my preferred method of interaction of human interaction and that is the physical space that I want to be in so when you ask uh where you could find me on those days how we're gonna react I've been telling you for months this is where I am this is where I plan to be the Jake Fogelness Patreon is where you could find me on the holidays and I think that when you get there you're also never going to want to leave the same way I now never want to leave. You'll come to that Jake Vulcan as Patreon and you'll say, this is, this is the place for me. What's taken me so long.
0: I mean, I, I, I guess I'll, I, I mean, I, I feel like I need to check it out now at this point in order to interact with you during Christmas, which is what I want to do. Yes. Well, th- that's where I'll be. I'm I've
1: been very clear. You know, the 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 same way Tom Cruise has been clear to his crew about COVID protocol, I've been very clear, very direct about what uh what makes me feel safe, where I'll be, and where there's a lot of cool interesting stuff happening, and that's the Jake Volganes Patreon.
0: All right. Well, I mean, I've looked at it obviously um but maybe I should look a little bit deeper and, you know, Maybe I'll do that. I'll maybe I'll do that. Great. Um, so Pat, otherwise I don't think there's anything left to say. Other than until next time,
1: we'll, we'll smell, smell
0: you, you at the box,
1: box office. office. Nailed it.